Episodes. So, how you doing today, bro? I'm blessed. I'm here. Hey, <laughs> we blessed, man. We here. Before we get things started, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for this video, Rich Grills DMV, located in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, the number one place in the world for your fronts, your grills, your custom jewelry, anything you need. Reach out to them. That's R I C H G R I double L Z. Come shop. Come shop. Come shop. Come shop. Come shop. But with that being said, man, let's get right into it. I've been talking to Eli for about a few days about this book I read last week called The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of wanted to just give my initial reactions to it. Like, I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the book at all. You know, I haven't read it 100,000 times. I literally read it. I got the book from my homegirl, E. She gave it to me on the golf course, took the book, read it real quick a quick read probably a hundred and something pages but i found the words to be profound bro man <laughs> so crazy exchange though on the golf <laughs> yeah facts crazy exchange man golf definitely introduces you to a whole a lot of people who are very rich in spirit yeah. but yeah man let's get into this book i'm gonna start off with a summary of the book and i'm sorry there will be spoilers that's just come with the game, you know. But you could fast forward to this part. We're going to have everything bookmarked so you could just get to the analysis and themes because the second portion of the video will be three major themes that I found in the book. And the last thing is going to be what I took from the book in my everyday life. So let's get it started. So the book is crazy. The one thing I found interesting that the main character – is a shepherd, you know, on like some Jesus stuff. Yeah, you feel <laughs> so I found that interesting, but he's from Spain. And when he was a kid, the only thing he wanted to do was travel the world. That's what he wanted to do. So he looked at all of his different options and figured out that the best way that he would be able to get travel the world was to be a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And he could just carry his sheep around, you know, lead his flock around a different place. And he was really a student of culture, student student of language and um you will find how all of those things relate throughout the book so he becomes a shepherd his pops give him some bread to go buy him some sheep Mm -hmm. becomes a shepherd becomes a shepherd now he's just traveling all around the world i mean all around uh spain all around europe right so he asks it before i even get into that when I read things, I'm always trying to pick up over what literary culture is it come from, like uh, Greek Greek mythology, you know, Roman mythology, African background myth- history, like the background history, and it starts off with the story of Narcissus. So when I'm reading the story about Narcissus, my mind automatically jumps to existentialism, mm-hmm. the world of existentialism, and uh, particularly John Paul Sartre in the Mirror Image. And this idea of looking at life, um, 
you, your opinion of yourself being the product of a reflection that you see. You know, mm-hmm. so are you who you see when you look in the mirror or are you projecting yourself out into the world? And the mirror just catches a glimpse of the things that you are able to communicate with others. So what you see is basically how you act? Is is what you see who you are? Okay. Or is what you see just um, a product of what you can be? Like is 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 it just along the way, you know? Mm-hmm. How good at you how good are you at projecting who you are, right? But this whole story of narcissist, the mirror image, the interesting thing about John Paul Sartre is that he would go on to inspire um Franz Fanon and it's a couple of versions of a wretched of the earth that the foreword is written by John Paul Sartre and then when you get into France for non, then you start getting into inspiring Malcolm X and the Black Panther Party and all of those folks, right? So it's kinda like a it's kinda like a literary tradition that kinda takes you in multiple ways. Yeah. So he starts off with the story of narcissists and then he gets into the story of Santiago. So Santiago, he's a merchant. I mean yeah, he's a he's a shepherd and he's traveling all around. He meets this girl, he's in love with this girl, right? <laughs> you know, he thinks he's in love with this girl. And that, you think that's about to be a major theme in the book, but it turns out that it's about to spin a whole nother way. The thing about him, he uh, he's reading this book, and he finishes reading the book, and he's thinking, like, and at night, he would just crash somewhere. He's a shepherd, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's reading this book, and he would use the book as a pillow at night. So he's saying, damn, next time I'm going to buy a bigger book, it'll make for a better pillow, right? <laughs> like, I, little stuff like that that's is just funny. some nice, cool humor. So he has a dream one night. That um he has to go to 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 the Egypt to Egypt to see the pyramids or commit to see the pyramids right to receive a chair and it's a treasure at the foot of them, right? It's a treasure. So he's like, that's crazy. So he don't know what the dream means. So he goes to an interpreter to tell him like, what did this dream mean? The interpreter like, yo, I tell you what your dream mean, right? But you have to promise me ten percent of your treasure. <laughs> so he like, man, ten percent of that. What's that got to do with anything? Sure, yeah. I ain't about that. Yeah, we were just talking about understanding too earlier. Right. So he's like, all right, back, cool. So she's like, yeah, you gotta go to the pyramids get your treasure. Like same thing the dream said. Like as you go get to the pyramids and there's a treasure waiting for you there. So he's like, okay, all right, cool. So. He's thinking about going back to town that he saw the girl in. On his way back, he meet this old man who says he's the king of Salem. Mm. And that um, he knows his personal legend. And um, he knows of a treasure waiting for him. And, you know, he wants he if he wants if he wants to. um, If he wants to achieve if he wants to receive the treasure waiting for him he had to go sell all his sheep mm. so he goes and he's thinking about it like dog like a sacrifice basically a little sacrifice right and his sheep is worth some money you yeah, feel me it's fortune and he knew his sheep well like he was he would he would think like he would say little stuff like man like um like he were the sheep adjusting to his way of life or was he adjusting to the life of the sheep or did him and the sheep come up with just a mutual understanding mm-hmm. of how things are supposed to work out? Like it's all these different like existential kind of like 
um, phenomenal thinking that's going on in the book throughout the book. So it got me, it got me yeah. turned up. I like existentialism. I like learning about it. Like right. everybody, even the the Heideggers and the Dostoevskys and all of those guys. Like that's my, like yeah, we could go there. You feel me? Like so we all this all is going on. So he sells the sheep, right? Right? He sells the sheep, and that ends up getting him passage to go to Africa, to Egypt. So. He get to Egypt and he get to this town. I forgot what the name of the town was, but uh, he gotta have a master plan though if he just show his fortune though. Nah, so the king give him two stones, a white stone and a black stone, and he said, um, "The white stone is like yes, black stone is no. If you ever got a big problem, need to face a big decision, uh-huh. then you need to just just pick one stone from a pouch or something in your pocket, whichever one you pick out." That's gonna be the answer, right? Okay. King, King, King is like, and it gives him, and the sheep end up being his transportation money, the money he needed to get over there. Right. So he um he gets over there and he's at this uh, crystal shop and uh, he gets robbed, a thief robs him of all his bread, right? So he ain't got no more bread. So he end up coming back and ends up working at the crystal shop. For this old man, this old Muslim guy, so uh, he's working at the crystal shop, and he ends up giving this guy a whole bunch of ideas, innovative ideas on how to get his business popping. And the old dude who owns the crystal shop is kind of on some bro. I just like the way things are, you know, like yeah. everything yeah, get really bigger, change, you know. And he kind of forgot about his dream. He kind of like put his dream on the back burner because he like, dog, I got robbed. I don't even got enough money to get back home. Yeah. So originally he was just trying to work at this crystal shop so he could get back home. So <clears throat> he's at the crystal shop uh, and he's he becomes like a good fortune for the crystal shop. You feel me? Like, Chris, the, the owner started taking risks. Like, the owner had gave up on his dreams a long time ago. So, he, he at one time, he wanted to, like, go to Mecca and all these other things to do his pilgrimage. But now he's just like, bro, I'm going to just run my I'm gonna just run my shop, whatever, you know. Yeah. A couple of clients. The shop used to be popping. It ain't popping no more. All of this, all of that. Seated now. So, he, talks to, he gets the guy to talking. He gets the guy to like change his ways and take more risk in business, and the shop ends up becoming incredibly successful. And he got a really big commission because when he negotiated his deal on selling the crystals in the crystal shop, like the dude didn't think that business would go up like it did, you right. know. So dude racked up, and um, you know, so, so certain things happen. He decided that yo. I got to go get my treasure. <laughs> so he takes some bread and start getting on this caravan caravan to go to Egypt, right, to go see the pyramid right. so he can get his treasure. So he meet this English dude who's looking for the alchemist. Mind you, I ain't brought up the girl that he fell in love with before and since, right? right. Yeah. Like, she's a long afterthought. So, she and, comes back, though, right? She huh? comes back and play. Nah. <laughs> Dang, I'm sorry. That's too crazy of a spoiler. So he get talk about the alchemist, got him reading all these books about the alchemist and alchemy and all of this. So um they doing that and then next thing you know they uh they uh but it's wars going on. 
it's wars going on in Egypt, like it's mm-hmm. tribal wars. So they have to stop at one of these like sanctuary places. I think it's called like Al Sadiq or something. And um, they gotta stop at this place called Al Sadiq, and then he ends up meeting this girl that he fall in love with for real, like. But it's the same one. No, nah, it's a different girl, oh, right? My different girl. In love with everybody. Yeah, name Fatima. Like, oh, that's a sexy name, yeah. yo, bro. <laughs> and it's so crazy because uh, me and me and G went to this graduation party this weekend, and I met a girl named Fatima, and she was just like stunning. I was like, she might be the one. <laughs> nah, she was with somebody. Hey, you never know. Hey, eat chill, bro. <laughs> but nah, so um, <clears throat> so <laughs> so uh, but like the king had told him like, yo. Biggest thing, number one thing that's going to get you through anything, look out for omens. Mm. Like, look out for omens, you know. Look out for omens. So he get this omen that the sanctuary about to be under attack. And he tell the chief. And the chief, like, nobody going to attack a sanctuary. Like, this is thousands of years of tradition of safety. Turns out somebody tried to attack the joint. And they they prepared though. They prepared though. They tell him like, "Yo, if you lying, we gonna kill you." Next thing you know, they attack the sanctuary and they give him a piece of gold for everybody they slave, right? So he up now, right? He up again. Yo, up again. He up again, right? Thinking stop be immortally. He up again. He done fell in love, like. But then the alchemist here, the real alchemist, the alchemist won't talk to the English dude. The English dude with him in the sanctuary, and they looking for the alchemist because they heard he was around there. Right. He come to dude, after he saw the omen, he come to dude, pull up on him. Like, yo, come with me. <laughs> so then he meets the alchemist, and then the alchemist know about the treasure already and all of this, and he like, yo, I'll take you. So then they gotta down. They gotta go to down. They like all right, bet. So they get on horses, and now these niggas is traveling through the trenches, like trying to get to the treasure. Like right. they try to get to Egypt, and um, they come across like one of the rival people at war. You know, one of the military camps, and they lock them up. Like mind you, they had walked past a one the enemy camp. Like the day before. And so then they walk past this camp and the dudes, the scouts were like, yeah, we just saw them talking to the dudes with the ops. We just saw them talking to the ops. Now they over here. Mm-hmm. So like they like, oh, word. And then the dudes say, the alchemist tell them, my friend, he's an alchemist. He has magical powers. He can, he can, um, he can become the wind. Right. The alchemist said that. Yeah, about about Santiago. Okay. Mind you, we still talk about a shepherd from right. Spain. Now we in the middle of Egypt, right? He My boy to just came from a shepherd to the all-knowing. You feel me? Like really going in, bro. So the dude, like, I don't know how to do that. But another thing they was talking about was the one language, like you know. And he was talking about like how he when he learned the omen, when he saw the omen, it was him basically just seeing something off in the desert. You know what I mean? He like. If this is happening in the day, I think it was birds flying in the wrong direction. He was like, the only way that's happening is if it's some, something, something got to be on the other side. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like reading the desert. So the chief, like, all right, bet if he can't make, if he can't turn himself in the wind, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) 
This dude always get, <laughs> he always about to get killed. Yo, bro, like he faced death so many times, bro. So he ends up, he goes, he the display time, time you got to turn yourself to win. He goes and talks to the desert, the desert, like nah, um, I don't know how to do that. So then he like, he goes, you should ask the wind. You know what I'm saying? So then he goes and asks the wind, and the wind like. Well, we know where the desert is, but the wind, I'm the wind, and I come from any direction and go any direction. I come and go as I please, but they don't even know how to take a, um, they don't even know how to change a man in the wind. So then he's like, you got to ask the heavens. So then he's like, dang, I got to ask the heavens, talking about the sun. And the sun is like, but he can't talk to the sun, so he asks the wind, can you blow, gust your wind really hard and create a sandstorm so that you can block the sun's rays so that I can see the sun and talk to it. Boom, sandstorm. Now he's talking to the sun, him and the sun in this real crazy dialogue, and the wind is turned up, so the wind is blowing harder, the desert with it, everybody with it. So the sun is like, you need to talk to the creator, so then he just do it up talking to God. like, <laughs> And everything is going so crazy, like, mm-hmm. to the to the naked eye is looking like he even became the wind. Right. So they let them go. So then he get to the pyramids and he's digging, he's digging, he's digging. Then um and then um well one major thing was he was always challenging his alchemists, like, yo, bro, like alchemists the alchemists were popular because they turned lead into gold. That's what everybody knew them for. Okay. Turning lead into gold. And um what you mean by challenging though? Like challenging me. Like, yo, we heard I heard that if you're the alchemist, you could turn lead into gold. So what's up? Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> so the alchemist is basically on some stuff like, yo, it's not even about that. Mm-hmm. Like when when you're an alchemist, you, you the, the alchemy, the the whole art of alchemy, the tradition of alchemy is that you understand the the secrets of the world and that you can do many things but the most popular um the most popular application of our knowledge is making gold because that's the most valuable thing to people like so the most valuable piece of being an alchemist is not making gold but the most valuable thing that we do for others is gold so that's therefore what we are known for you know so I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Like, immediately, I started thinking of chicken wings at a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. Like, <laughs> why are you thinking about chicken wings? Yeah, because that's what you go to the. That's what you go to the restaurant for. Like the carry out, you go to the carry out for the wings. But it's like, dang, this establishment not even about that. No, like, <laughs> they not even about fried chicken. Like, but you know, what I'm saying that's what all of y'all like. But that's a whole other story. So, boom. Um, and uh, so <laughs> before he get to the pyramids, right, they stop and see this monk, and then he does this thing where he makes gold. Like, he got the philosopher's. It's also, you also know uh, Alchemist because he has his philosopher's stones and an elixir. That's a whole other thing. So he goes and he makes a big plate of gold. So he breaks one off for himself. He breaks another one off for the monk. And then he breaks another one off and say, yo, hold this for my boy when he get back. 
the dude Santiago like, bro, like I just got a piece of silver. I mean, I got a piece of gold for everybody back at the nah, at the right. at the camp. Like I don't really need it. I don't really need it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He goes, anybody who's lost who's lost their wealth twice, they say if something happens once, it'll never happen again. If something happens twice, it's bound to happen again, <laughs> right? So he like, you know, I just say this for him. Yo, going digging for the the, the stuff. He digging for the stuff. Boom, 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 boom. And he can't find it. He can't find it. And then um, next thing you know, some goons pull up on him. <laughs> and they like, yo, what are you doing? He's they like, yo, him. beating his ass. He like, yo, I'm 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 looking for my treasure. So they beat his ass, beat his ass, boom, 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 boom. And then next thing you know, like he's searching, he's searching, he's searching, digging for his life. And um They about to beat him. They about to kill him. And they like, you know what? This dude ain't worth nothing. So something happened at that point. And they ain't find his gold. He he looked at the pyramids and he started laughing. Like he just laughing at this point. Like he nearly has it, but he finally went to the pyramids. And like somebody, the old man at the crystal shop, had told him like, "Bro, what you look? What you worry about the pyramids for? You could build pyramids in your backyard." And then he's like, "Yeah, you're right." But then he saw the pyramids. He was like, damn, this is definitely not something I could build in my backyard. Mm. And then it came to him. He like, yo, my treasure back home. <laughs> so when he had the dream, he was he was sleeping on his book, but he was in this old church that had, that had been, like, destroyed almost. You know what mm. I'm saying? So come to find out that uh, – the treasure was under the church. That's crazy. So he just took that whole journey. He took that whole journey, bro. Just to realize, just to realize that his like, home. his treasure was home. But you think, though, like the alchemist, he was talking about like how he's mostly known about the gold and stuff like that. You think it's a connection of what he was saying? Like, you got to, like, to actually be an alchemist, you got to have something deeper and more understanding, like, more of your, like, self awareness it's 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 about understanding yourself but it's also understanding the world and your you it's about it's about understanding yourself it's about understanding your own potential but it's about understanding your own personal legend it's understanding what you're supposed to do in the world mm-hmm. right your value low like not not necessarily your value but what you are meant to do like what you are meant to do. They say um, one of the sayings in the book was um, when one figures out what they want from the world, uh, when one figures out what they want, the the entire world conspires to help them achieve it. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's three major themes. It's three major themes in the book that we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. The first one is personal legend. Personal the second one is um, this idea of MacTab that they talk about in the book. And the third is going to be omens, right? But before we get into that, I definitely wanted to take a second to, again, just thank our sponsors. Without y'all, it would not be possible. Thank you. Thank you. To, uh, right now, we're going to be shouting out MR Installation LLC a commercial and residential installation company located in the DMV. 
If you guys need anything related to insulating your home, keeping everything energy effective, make sure you hit them up at mrinsulationllc.com. Hit them up. You you know it. (laughs) But nah, first thing, personal legend, right? Uh, Do me a favor and look up, like, quotes about uh, popular quotes from um, the alchemist. So, like, the personal legend was like it's like the thing that you are meant to be, to do. It's like with who you are meant to be. Like the the places you have to go, the people you have to meet, um, the things you have to achieve in this life. And many, I I believe, or I believe the author thinks that everyone has a personal legend, but people choose to ignore it, or people don't understand it. Right and. Um, so it was just a calm it was just, you'll never be satisfied unless you achieve your personal legend and then the concept of love comes into play when he's talking to Fatima and um, when he's talking about Fatima and he keeps thinking about Fatima and Fatima tells him like I'm a woman of the desert like when our men leave we we don't know if they're coming back or not but if you but if you have this if you have this vision for your own life like if you see this treasure, you'll never be happy unless you go and get that treasure. Right? So I'm like, dog, that's crazy. You just said this This uh, quote stands out to me. When we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. When we strive to become better than what we are, everything around us becomes Respect. better too. That's real though. You know, everything has to elevate to your expectation. I think everything has to elevate to your expectation. And the more you want from us, the more you start to evaluate what you can get from things to help you along that way. Yeah. You know? It, everything is everything is what you see in it. You know? Formulating the perspective of yourself. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But um, that's kind of like the opposite of what we would talk about. Uh, Eli, Eli was in my uh communications 101 class that's how i met (laughs) (laughs) but you remember we were talking about um self-reflected appraisal yeah but this is the opposite this is when you um increase the value of the things around you like building a big house in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. you know it increases the value of the other houses around it that's a that's a different type of appraisal that's a understanding your worth and then carrying that worth with you everywhere that you go and therefore making the things around you worth more Things will follow if you take the leadership on it. No, nah, that's real. So, like, personal legend was, like, a big one for me. Like, uh, how to achieve your personal legend. That one must achieve their personal legend. The second thing was this idea of maktab. And maktab um, is a Muslim concept. is a concept from Islam that he hears from the crystal shop owner. And it means, it translates simply to, it was written it was written it's already done it, it was written now it's already you still gotta do it but the 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 idea itself like the idea that you can do it itself the belief that you can do it itself is the confidence to achieve it it created the space in the world to achieve it mm-hmm. you know it, it, cre- it created the mountaintop you know and once you create the mountaintop all you have to do then is scale the mountain. 
you know. So I thought that was a very big thing as well. Uh, it was written. And the universe conspiring to help us achieve the things we put our mind to and invest our hearts in. I really, I really took that. I really took that, that, that strongly in the book. Um, the next concept was omens. Like you have to listen to omens. Like, like you, the universe is going to conspire together to help you achieve what you want. But you have to be able to speak the language of the universe, so you won't be able to understand these things. The one language. The one language. They call it the one language. Like there's one language one language and you see things um become a part of that one language in life every day like if you ever go to some place and you don't speak the same language as that person and you're able to find commonality in some way to get the point across from one way to another like or just this idea that there is a truth that exists that we can all tap into and sometimes lies just be the perspectives, the bias of perspective or the ignorance of perspective. But it's something that links every human together. It's something that links every human to everything in nature together. It's something that create that connects every human with everything in nature to God. It's something that connects us all. But are we searching for the connection or are we separate for the things that makes us different? What do we aspire? Do we aspire for separation or do we aspire for connection? Connection or distinction? I think connection is also understanding. That's like wisdom and stuff like that. Understanding and wisdom also gets back to this idea of language. Somebody could be telling you the secrets of the universe directly to your face. But if they don't speak English, will you understand it? Or will it just sound like rubble? Yeah, I don't understand. It's definitely going to be some rubble. You're going to get rocks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, throwing tomatoes, throwing tomatoes. Too many. But, but that also gets to a deeper point, something that I cover in my dissertation, which is this idea of ancestral memory. Like, I feel as though our ancestors leave secrets to the universe that they figured out for us. In what way? It's in our membrane. Like, we come from an egg. We come from a sperm cell. In those things, it's embedded in them knowledge about the universe, knowledge about the world. So when you see a little kid and they're like, oh, he got an old soul, or you see somebody, you kind of, kids already got their personality, you know? Yeah. Like, you already see all of these things because they're born with certain uh, markers in them that, are familiar with the environment that's going on but unfortunately if we don't build a connection with our ancestors we don't get the language and the cultural context of the knowledge that's left for us to understand the world and to realize our maximum potential think about it like can how important is it for someone to know their mother or know their father it's some, it's some crazy situations out here where people don't get to do that and those people are still capable of anything, right? You don't need both of your parents or any of your parents to be great in this life. But how valuable is that connection between um, a mother and father, I mean, a mother and father with their child? Like, you understand them, you understand things about yourself that you can't learn from anywhere else. Then imagine a connection that we have with our grandparents. 
Then imagine if we're able to have that, par- that connection with our great-grandparents. And what if we just have knowledge of our great-great-grandparents? These be the powerful families in the world. The powerful families in the world, when you go into their estates, they have pictures commemorating their great-great-great-great-great-grandfather. You know, these are the family structures. Like, these are the people that, that started this legacy. And these are the things that, if we were, if we could remember the things that they found out about the world, if we could learn the things they found out about the world, and we could learn how they used what they had, they their personality traits, the things that they were physically just naturally gravitated to be good at and cute at, then we can also learn from those things and use them in our life. You know. So yeah, you know, those was like the three major things, like listening to omens, like we have to be able to speak the language of the universe to be able to decode the messages the universe is trying to send us and helping us to achieve our goals. But this is the question though, right? You know, it comes to a point, you know, you're talking about uh, the importance of knowing your your parents and grandmother and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um. When do you think the youth will be able to, like, understand the concept of getting that information? Do they have to go through the trials and tribulations just like he did, get robbed, uh, take the journey just to realize that everything was at home? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to answer it, like, in, uh, in a – it's kind of like two questions, I feel like you're asking me. Yeah. You know, well, I think everybody got to walk their own walk in life. Oh, yeah, fact. But you got to go for it. Like, you have to go for it. Whatever it is you want in life, you got to go for it. And it's going to be certain things you're going to learn along the way that that is going to be the value versus the it you're looking for. Like, he, the, the him getting his treasure was good, but he, he turned himself into the wind. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? Yeah. A person like that is capable of anything. The person you'll become to get where you're trying to go will be the person who is able to do something else. The person who's able to achieve one dream now has the ability to dream again. And this time it'll be easier. But on the other end, to answer your other side of your question, like our connection with our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and uncles and everybody who contributed to where we are today. And it gets even crazier for the African-American community because we become linked to everyone who also fought for the struggle for freedom and equality in this country, too. Like we can learn from studying the Malcolm X's, the Martin Luther King's, the Marcus Garvey's, the Fannie Lou Hammer's, the Ella Baker's, all of those people. We can learn from them in the modern day. Mm-hmm. But we could also learn from our, our mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents, you know. They go into the extent of co-workers. It, 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 it gets deep, but it's very important to understand your bloodline because the things that they experience, the trauma they experience lives on in your flesh. You might have, your spirit belongs to you, but your flesh, your flesh is something you've shared. It's something you've adopted. You adopted and adapted to. You know, our, car- our, our our consciousness is enveloped in our bodies, but our bodies tell a story too. 
But if we got to understand the language of our ancestors to understand our bodies in the different ways that we can use our bodies to manifest the ideas we manifest that to manifest the ideas we have in our spirit. We got to love our bodies first. We got to love our bodies. And what does that mean? You know, does that mean just loving your body or loving the, the people you got your body from? True. Like your body started in the womb of another person's body. So what makes you think that taking care of it is separate and distinct from taking care of yourself? Uh, it's a quote right here that stick out. Because when we love, we always strive to become better than we are. Because when we love, we always strive to become better than we are. Another quote from the book, not exact, is uh, true love will never keep someone away from achieving their personal leisure. Say that again. True love will never prevent someone from achieving their personal legend. And like Fatima was supposed to represent that because she's like, and he's at one point in the book, he like, bro, like, I think I'm going to just go back with her. And the alchemist like, you, if you go back to her, you know what's going to happen? He go, the people at the Oasis is going to love you, right? You're going to keep reading the omens and keep benefiting the city and and keeping them from impending danger and you're going to grow to be a wealthy man he goes but if you stop uh, if you stop pursuing your personal legend the omens will stop talking to you the universe will no longer conspire to bring you fortune the universe only wants to bring fortune to people who are actively pursuing what they're trying to do in life your ability to do it is your ability to translate those omens right Mm-hmm. So once you once you can no longer able to translate the omens, the people of the city will no longer have no use to you of you. Yeah, you'll have your money, but the regard that you would have otherwise maintained will be lost. Your reputation will be ruined. And then Fatima, she'll still love you, even though you're miserable. But she'll always blame herself for being the reason why you never truly at- achieved your personal legend. Like once God gave you the vision, you gotta go. Right. You gotta go. And if you don't go for it, the only person you have to blame is yourself. And all the people who love you will it will take part of their blame themselves for you not achieving it. Cause they saw it through you. They saw it through your eyes. They seen the potential. They see your dreams. They see the dreams and the reflection of the glare of your eyes. Your iris. And that's kind of like, you know, those are like the main three major themes that I got from the alchemist, you know, three major themes. So the last thing I guess I want to talk about is what I took from the book. What did you take from the book? First of all, I think I'm the alchemist. Yeah? <laughs> How come? Only because the language, man, like understanding the language, speaking the language is something that I feel like is natural to me. Um, and I always, I also have identified my pyramids. Like what is the thing that I have to do to get, to get my treasure. And for me, those things, the biggest thing is finishing this doctoral program. I gotta finish this doctoral program. It'd be so hard. It's such a struggle. Um, managing time. It's not even managing time. It's really about, uh, 
publishing something that's going to define your philosophy of the world right forever like what 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 will what will be the purpose of my dissertation what will it do in the world and what could someone do with it if it fell into the wrong hands these be the things i be trying to i be trying to write so that it's indestructible and that it also can't be used for ways that it wasn't intended to but i mean when i think of that man what you just said i think about like that atomic bomb bro what you mean you know what i mean I mean, it's people who are out there. It's in the right hands and the wrong hands. But yeah. Who knows? You know what I mean. Real talk, but I'm trying to write something more like the Bible. I feel you. Where like even in the wrong hands, the power of truth and the power of the word of God still remains a a a, a, a beacon of hope. Nah. Torch of life. So you gonna have a lot of wisdom in it. Oh, I'm dropping gems. <laughs> I'm dropping gems. I'm dropping gems. But the biggest thing about writing a paper like that is not necessarily the gems I'm dropping, but it's all the gems that I'm bringing to the table from scholars around the world who thinking about the same things I am. But a part of creating or a part of calling yourself an expert of something is adding to the language. Mm-hmm. So when people use certain terms, it automatically signifies that you're coming from this school of thought. So, yeah, man, we're going to go in. We're going to go in. But I got to achieve my personal legend. And anything, any, I have to receive my treasure. And anything that, anything or anybody that enters my life must be fully committed to me achieving my personal legend. And getting my treasure too. So you think you started as a shepherd? Oh, I am a shepherd, baby. I started off as a shepherd, man. Sold my sheep. Now I'm learning the secrets of alchemy. So is he transforming from a shepherd to an alchemist? In a way? If you, if you See, I think that he was always the alchemist. He just needed somebody to influence him. I think becoming an alchemist is sometimes it could be a part of becoming. It was a part of his personal legend. Mm-hmm. He had to become, and I think that I think everybody's personal legend isn't like grandiose. You know, I think some people's personal legend is to help some is to help others achieve a bigger personal legend. You know, like the the personal legend of of and people and people and it's not promised. Like, it's not promised that you will achieve these things, you know? But to achieve your personal legend, to achieve exactly the life you want while you have life on this earth and have it in every detail, it requires you to become the most amazing version of yourself. And it requires you to have the courage to believe that you can achieve things that people don't see with the naked eye. You know? Yeah. So, like, I think it was... That's what I'm saying. I think it was the becoming, or not the necessarily the becoming, but realizing that you already are. You already are this thing. Starting with the idea, like you said. Starts before. with the idea. It starts mm-hmm. with the idea. The idea, and idea is an inception. Idea is the inception of manifestation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the seed. You don't, you don't see the blossoming of the seed. You don't even see it breaking ground. 
but you know what that seed is supposed to become if it's watered and if it's planted in fertile soil. That also comes with disciplines, though. Not a lot of, can't say a lot of people understand the discipline. I mean, everybody going on, but it, the, the, wherever a lot of people understand discipline or wherever they don't understand discipline, it's a part of the, it's a part of journey. the, it's a, it, no, it's not a part of the journey. It's, it's a part of what you need to, to, to get where you're trying to go. Like, it's one of the secrets. Makes sense. Like, it don't, like, I'm not really, I used, I, I think that was a mistake I, I would make often when I was talking to people. I would be like, most people this, most people that. It don't matter what most people are or are not doing. Like, the people who are doing this are getting advantages from doing it. The people who are able to maintain, achieve, and maintain discipline, they are reaping the benefits of living a life, a lifestyle with that as a primary um, pillar. Those who lack discipline are suffering the effects from not having discipline. Right. You know? So less pointing fingers and more pointing fingers at you. Yeah. Mirror. Can I, I see the reflection? <laughs> you feel me? I, I'm, I'm not a critic, man. I am not a critic. I am not a <laughs> you critic. Ain't no, you ain't a critic. I'm not a critic. I'm, an, life ex- critical I'm, an, I'm an example. Like. Facts. You know, like, I can't be a critic. I can't be critical of anybody else because what I'm going to do is somebody being critical of me. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. no, nah, I'm an example of, I'm, I am an example of what I believe in. I am an example of who I am. You know, I am an example and of what I believe, seeds. you know. And let that be the seed that's planted. Yeah. Not me telling you what's wrong with you. <laughs> what you need to approve on. You see the problem with all of you. Nah, I'm not into that, man. Like these are the problems that I'm trying to overcome, and these are some problems that I have overcame in my life. I can only I can only give what I learned. Facts, you know. That's all but anybody can do, though. That's all anybody could do. But man, I really want to I really want to thank everybody for listening out. I, I want to thank our sponsors, Rich Girls and MR Installation. Yeah, yeah. For for you know sponsoring this whole situation. I want to give a special thanks to my boy Eli. I want to give a special thanks to my homegirl Edith for giving me the book in the first place. We're going to be doing a lot more reviews of different things we come along. Books, movies, everything. I I haven't seen that last Black Panther, so that (laughs) might be next. You know what I'm saying? We might got to watch that for the next episode. But no, man. With that being said, peace, love, and light. Thanks for tuning in. Stay rich in spirit and try not to make poor decisions. Peace.